0: This is Pastor Josh from First Baptist Church of Cambria. Thanks so much for listening in. The pen is mightier than the sword, wrote Edward Buerleiton in 1839 for his play Rushlow. The pen is mightier than the sword. That phrase entered into the English language and it stuck because how true it is. Words are powerful. Shouted words are Whispered words, printed words, posted words. Words can create, words can destroy. Marriages come into existence with a few spoken words, the exchange of vows and a pronouncement, and marriages dissolve with words. Words have changed the course of entire nations through speeches and propaganda and slogans for good or bad, a whole uh, course of Parts of the world have changed with words. And words change the course of individual lives. I imagine that some listening can recall hurtful words from, from decades ago that wounded your spirit in such a way made you feel inadequate or inferior, unloved, maybe excluded. And those words change the trajectory of your life. Proverbs says it this way in chapter eighteen, twenty-one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So here's my question. If words are so powerful, why are we so careless with them? Why do we excuse the things we say? They're only words. Jesus himself in uh, the famous Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, says, Jesus equates mean-spirited words on the same par as murder. He, he elevates the, the significance of what we say to that kind of a level. Words are powerful. We need a transformation in the way we communicate, in the way we talk to and about each other. We, you might say we need oral reconstructive surgery, a transformation in the way we use our tongue. Uh, Here's our big idea, and if you uh, download the notes, there's there's an outline to follow along. And our, our main point today is this. Let God's wisdom breathe life into the way you speak. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue, so we need God's wisdom to breathe life into the way that we speak. Now, James, uh, in his epistle, he devotes a whole chapter to this uh, very topic. Uh, he helps us understand what's at stake when, uh, in the way that we use our words. Uh, I, I'm just going to give you a few summary statements from this chapter. I really recommend you go and, um, and read that whole chapter, James chapter 3. But here's a few points that he makes. Uh, first of all, he says that we all struggle with sinning with our words, with wronging uh, one another with our words. Uh, so this is a message for every single one of us. It's a message for me. It's a message for all of us. But since uh, we all struggle in this area, that is not an excuse <laughs> to uh, to not address it. Because he goes on to say, the second thing is that foolish words are incompatible with following Jesus. So when we we say things that are foolish and um, and mean spirited and unkind. It's not just uncivil, James says. It's it's unchristian. So we all struggle with our words. Uh, it, foolish words are incompatible with following Jesus. And then he wraps up um, this discussion on on words by saying that words can, on the other hand, reap a harvest of peace, of beauty, of righteousness. And, and, of course, this is what we want. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Well, we are uh, continuing our uh, study through the book of Proverbs. And um, today's topic is on communication skills, the wisdom on the way that we, we speak. We'll be looking at a variety of, of Proverbs. Um, uh, the Proverbs has a ton to say on this topic. In fact, when I was in uh, Bible college uh, years ago, I took a speech class and um, it was confirmed in that class that the only thing more terrifying than public speaking is being filmed while you are uh, public speaking. And so uh, I weekly deal with that terror to this day. But uh, anyway, we had this assignment early on in that class. And the assignment with something like this, is to read the entire book of Proverbs and find and write down anything it says about the way that we use our words. Well, I discovered that it says uh, a ton about the way we use our words. In fact, um, Proverbs says more about this topic than any of the other topics that we will look at in this series. Uh, in fact, um, I'm going to split this topic into two weeks, so today we'll have... Part one. So just review, uh, been off for uh, a few weeks. Um, as we go through Proverbs, uh, we see that the wisdom of God is it's practical, you know, living in life in a way that just makes sense, and it's also moral, uh, concerned with what's right, and it goes beyond that to what is spiritual. Uh, living life in such a way that we are in a constant awareness and in awe of God's presence. Um, around us, and that, that shapes the way that we um, that uh, we interact with our families. It, it shapes our concept of justice. It uh, it influences how we eat and drink, uh, how we spend our money, uh, how we treat our our friends and neighbors, and uh, it speaks to the way we talk to and about each other. Well, Proverbs says a lot on this topic. Um, and in particular, there's these clusters of verses around four major ways that our, our words need to be transformed by, by God's wisdom. And today, we'll look at two of those. So, the first one is this. The words of the wise are heedful, not rash. Let me say that again. The words of the wise are heedful, not not rash, so heedful um, it's re- your words are reserved, they are thought through uh, there's a hesitancy just to to speak. Uh, we hold our tongue, and in contrast rash words they're they're impulsive they're inconsiderate uh, they're unthinking. Listen to the wisdom of proverbs chapter fifteen twenty eight says this the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. So the heart of the godly, someone who's in tune with uh, God and is being influenced and shaped by the wisdom of God, thinks carefully before speaking. Also in chapter 10, uh, verse 19, Proverbs says this, too much talk leads to sin, <laughs> so be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Uh, this is New Living Translation. Too much talk leads to sin, so we see that the wise thinks carefully before speaking, and the wise simply speak less. So the conclusion here in Proverbs is: be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Um, so throughout the book, we see uh, we see the dangers of talking too much uh, described. Um, Proverbs twelve thirteen, we see that um, talking too much is a snare; it's like a trap for us. Uh, chapter eighteen verse six, um, our words can stir up quarrels and earn us a beating. It says. Uh, chapter eighteen verse seven says it could actually bring us ruin. So here is just a few ways, uh, four ways in particular, uh, specific situations that you and I need to uh, just grab a hold of our tongue with our thumb and forefinger and stop it from moving. And so here's, here's the first of those uh, situations. First, hold your tongue when you're tempted to belittle someone. When you're tempted to uh, speak demeaningly about another person or to another person. Proverbs 11 verse 12 says this. It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. So I think it's helpful for us to remember what Jesus uh, said in response to the question, well, who is my neighbor? And he told this story. And the point of the story seems to be something like uh, your neighbor can be pretty much anybody. And it's especially those who uh, you uh, you might feel you have nothing in common with. Those who maybe are sort of your born enemies or, or from that other camp or the other side of the tracks or whatever it might be. Jesus says, yep, that is your neighbor. I think this is important because it's easy for us to, uh, to belittle those who are different from us in some way. We talk disparagingly without thinking about people who may be as simple as they like a different kind of music than we like. Or maybe they come from a different culture, uh, big deal right now. Maybe uh, they come from a different political alignment, or they come from a different generation than you are. And we hear comments like, "Oh, typical millennials," or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, whether somebody's different from you or not, you need to just hold your tongue when you're tempted to uh, to belittle, talk down dismissively about someone else. Well, a second uh, situation we need to hold our tongue is hold your tongue when you're tempted to talk before listening, to just start uh, spouting off. In fact, this is the words um, Proverbs uses in chapter eighteen thirteen. It says, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and it's foolish. And there's all kinds of ways we do this. Um, In conversation, I don't know if you're guilty of this, but uh, we have this tendency that when the other person's talking, you're just kind of watching their lips to stop, see when they stop so you can jump in and say the thing that's on your mind. Uh, The whole time they're talking, you're thinking about what you're going to say next, and you're just not really listening to the other person. Or maybe this comes out in another way. Um, A family member is frustrated or upset about something. And you just assume the issue and you just jump in uh, with advice before you've really listened. Or maybe you just uh, you receive an email and you forward that off to all your friends without checking if it's really true or not because you, you want that email to be true. Um, you haven't listened first. But it, it's also just as simple as when you walk into a, a room and there's people already in it, just don't walk in talking, Uh, listen to uh, what's going on, assess the situation. Um, This uh, will avoid uh, the case where you are both shameful and foolish. Okay, so hold your tongue when you're tempted to belittle somebody, when you're tempted to talk before listening. Um, And also Proverbs talks about holding our tongue when we're tempted to give unsolicited information. Keep that information to yourself. Uh, Proverbs twelve twenty three uh, says this: Wise people keep what they know to themselves, but fools can't keep from showing how foolish they are. Wise people keep what they know to themselves. Um, you know all this unsolicited uh, trivia, unsolicited you know grammar corrections, uh, on and on. But but more than this, probably is unsolicited advice. Someone's talking to you, they're sharing um, their their problem or their frustration or just, you know, how something's not going right. And, uh, and you, in your mind, immediately uh, have these thoughts about how you could fix their problem. How, uh, if they did it, uh, you know, your way, that it would turn out better and and you have all this uh counsel to give well proverbs says just just hold on to that um i want to suggest a phrase that probably all of us should uh, commit to memory and and use whenever we're just tempted just to jump in with uh, unsolicited advice and the phrase is this try it try it out would you like some feedback on that Would you like some feedback on that? So uh, a family member, a friend, someone you run into is is telling me about their issues, and you you immediately think, oh, I know what they should do. Um, Before you just start talking, say something like, would you like some feedback on that? And uh, if the answer is no, then you just uh, hang on to that piece of information. Um, This is wisdom. Okay, finally, of uh, these four things of ways that we need to be heedful and not rash in the way we talk, ways that we need to hold our tongue is this. We need to hold our tongue when we're tempted to speak in anger. Proverbs 29.11 says this. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold hold it back. We uh, have come to this uh, idea that we have this fundamental right to vent our anger, to just, you know, say what's on our mind, whether it's hurtful or not. Um, You know, speaking out in anger, you know, why not? We have this right to vent our anger. Well, it in one sense, yeah, you have that right. We, we like to say, hey, it's a free country. Um, true, you are completely free to be an absolute fool. But as a citizen of heaven, you have no reason to be a slave to impulses, including the impulse to vent your anger. Well, anger is a whole uh, another subtopic, uh, but the, the main point here is, is this. If you're angry, stop talking. If you're angry, stop typing. (laughs) If you're angry, stop texting. The words of the wise, first of all, are heedful and not rash that's that's kind of the the starting place for the whole uh this whole area of using our words wisely using our words uh, for life instead of death is is simply um having some self-control over our words you know holding on to our tongue especially in these situations that we describe so um you know sim- simply put uh heeding your words is just the the concept of self-control in biblical wisdom applied to speaking, self-control in speaking. Okay, so words of the wise are heedful, not rash. And, and the second and final one for today is this. Words of the wise are honest, not deceptive. The words of the wise are honest, not deceptive. See, the wise are devoted to a totally eliminating uh, deception from, from our vocabulary. And there's dozens of Proverbs on this topic of honesty versus deception. And I think a good summary of these is in chapter 12 of Proverbs, the 22nd verse. It says this, Lips that lie are disgusting to the Lord, but honest people are his delight. Lips that lie are disgusting to the Lord, but honest people are his delight. Um, interesting, because we uh, tend to, you know, bend the truth a little. We might, you know, fudge a little. Um, we we uh, are less than honest, you know, out of expediency or to get our own way sometimes or maybe to impress. And, and sometimes we do this and we think very little of it, um, It's like this easy way to bypass our problems. But God, he detests it. God thinks it's disgusting to deceive, uh, to mislead. It's repulsive to the Lord. Uh, Deceit is a shortcut, but it's truth that stands the test of time. Uh, Interesting lyrics uh, by Martin Gore of Depeche Mode about 30 years ago. He wrote... Um, these words that seems to, uh, you know, characterize the common uh, approach to truthfulness. And he says this, says, you'll see your problems multiplied if you continually decide to faithfully pursue the policy of truth. So Martin Gore is suggesting that this rigid adherence to, you know, only saying what is true um, leads to all kinds of problems in life. And, you know, you don't Get what you want. It gets you in these, you know, difficult situations. Um, but the timeless uh, words from God in Scripture is completely opposite of this. Uh, Proverbs twelve nineteen says that truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. So we we shortcut by deceiving, but it's the truthful words that stand the test of time. See. We might deceive to, uh, to bypass admitting we did something wrong, you know, c- cover up an offense. We, we might deceive to bypass, um, you know, awkward conversations, you know, whether it's explaining to our kids where babies come from or whatever it might be. We might deceive to bypass being uh, exposed for people finding out what we really are like. We might deceive to bypass, you know, earning respect legitimately or, or sometimes earning money legitimately, and it, all these shortcuts. Um, the problem with shortcuts is, shortcuts can lead to ruin. Quick story: Valentine's Day about 15 years ago, uh, we were with the the Scott family and uh, and the Fitzgeralds, and we were having a Bal- Valentine's Day bonfire down at uh, Cayucas at the beach. Uh, the parking lot was totally empty. ...when I drove into it in our little Camry, and uh, I thought, well, I'll just uh, shortcut straight across the parking lot, you know, through the, across the parking spaces, uh, because no, one, no one's there, and instead of driving all the way around... And the sun was in my eyes, and I did not see the big concrete blocks that separate the parking spaces. And uh, my transmission oil pan hit that, and all my uh, automatic transmission fluid dumped out immediately on the ground, and uh, it was a, a big disaster. So, something that was going to save me about fifteen seconds ended up costing you know a ton of money and a ton of time. This is how it is uh, with shortcuts. Um, in other areas of life, and in particular, when we shortcut by deceiving. And the kind of deceit um, most strongly and most often addressed in the book of Proverbs um, is, is this. It is misrepresenting another person to their detriment. This is talked about all through Proverbs, and is probably the most uh, predominant uh, context for talking about honesty is avoiding any situation where we are misrepresenting another person um, to that person's detriment. This could be um, uh, slander or, or, or gossip. It could be um, being being a false witness um, in a, in a formal uh, you know court setting or just uh, in day to day life. Um, but Proverbs. Um, says again and again that only the fool misrepresents another person. This, of course, uh, made it into the top ten in the big Ten Commandments. Exodus uh, twenty sixteen says, "You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not misrepresent your neighbor to their detriment." Same thing in Proverbs um, chapter twenty-five, verse eighteen. It says this: "Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow." So much for you know, sticks and stones will never hurt me. I mean, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Proverbs says that that uh, harmful. Words telling lies about another person, spreading spreading slander, misrepresenting another person, is like hacking at them with an axe, or thrusting at them with a sword, or shooting them with an arrow. And I think this is uh, true whether we're talking about um, a public figure and uh, and misrepresenting them, um, spreading gossip, spreading rumors, etc. Uh, and it's equally true when we. Are talking about people in our own home, you know, exaggerating their faults or, you know, speaking about them in a in a demeaning way that uh, that misrepresents them. So the words of the wise are honest, not deceptive. And I think all of us um, just need to daily come back to renewing our commitment to the policy of truth, re- renewing our resolve to only say. Uh, what is is accurate, what is truthful. So we started with this foundation of, of simply you know holding our tongue, being heedful about our words, using self-control with our words and and then and then secondly this idea of of just being completely honest with our words. Now again, James says this is a, an area that each of us struggle at, at some level with uh, and we need the, the Lord's help. Um, to guide us and to transform the way we speak to one another. So this is the first two of of four ways that uh, biblical wisdom transforms uh, the way that we speak to and about others. And we'll get uh, the next two next week.